Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Of all the players on this list, this is the guy who makes me the most nervous because he could easily make my take blow up in my face. He's that good. So it pains me to avoid him at his current price. It's definitely the hottest take I have on the show. Listening to season two of the Breakout Football Podcast on the Believe Network, sponsored by Prize Picks. I'm Zach Cohen. Things will sound a bit different than normal, but we're talking about that at the end of the episode because you know me, I don't like to waste time. I pride myself on efficiency. So let's get started with five players for you to avoid. I got in-depth analysis on them. Then some quick thoughts on a handful of others, and we start with the guy who has been, for some reason, the biggest head-scratcher to me, Rams running back Cam Akers. I don't get it. I mean, I kind of get it. I can explain why, and that's what I'll always do. I will always give both sides. After all, it's your judgment. I'll offer my opinion, of course, but I want you to decide and not be swayed by just one person. So I'll give you the good about Akers. But first, the stats, the undisputable information you can't spin this he's rb17 right now according to 444 football's multi-site adp tool it's an early third round pick espn has him as rb15 that's the best running back on your team in some cases and i can see why like let's be real here here's the good about him i loved him out of fsu which if you know me pains me to say because i am a florida gator alum Akers is talented. We've seen it. He's in a good offense. He had a good three-game stretch to end 2020 as a bell cow back. He was a feature back in the 2021-2022 playoffs, but he didn't really do much, though that can likely be attributed to him dealing with discomfort from his ACL tear just before the season, which he somehow returned from. The truth is, Akers is being drafted like he's the main back in LA. We don't know that. Daryl Henderson Jr., who's going nearly nine rounds later, was more than fine prior to his late-season injuries. He was RB11 through Week 8 in fantasy points and RB12 in touches, so I get why people think Akers will replicate that stat line from Henderson. And hey, it's possible. You'll never hear me say something's impossible. Fantasy football is a probability game. If you've followed me or known me for years, you've known that I've been preaching that. You have to consider all factors. You can't just be blind to one stat line or one a speck of information. Now, there is a good chance Akers isn't the main back. That is a big probability, bigger than you might think. He could easily split time with DHJ or maybe take a back seat altogether. I think it'll be more of a timeshare, but again, got to consider all possibilities, right? The chances Akers isn't. A 20 touchback every week are much higher than his ADP suggests. Running backs like David Montgomery, James Conner, they have similar upside, but a likelier chance at a better workload. Then you got guys like Travis Etienne and Brees Hall, who also don't have great chances at being their team's featured back, even though they have higher upside based on the role. 
and their team's offense. So I would take ETN and Hall before I'm even considering Akers, and I don't even like Hall that much. While the Rams have typically been about league average in run play percentage, passing as their offense is bread and butter. Duh. For Akers to be a weekly starter on your team, he'll need either a boatload of touches or a boatload of targets, neither of which are certain. I'm a way out on Akers at his ADP, and I love DHJ, and I love the nickname too. Henderson Jr., nah, DHJ, that's what we're calling him on the show. I'll talk about him and other late-round players I like on another episode soon, so make sure you're following the show. It'll automatically download all the episodes, however you listen to it, wherever you may be. There's another player I love, but sadly, I'm out on at his ADP. And it sucks because he's a talented player who has also, like Akers, had some bad injury luck. It's J.K. Dobbins. Running back 20, that's a late third-round pick. That's essentially your second running back, maybe even your first. I would definitely not recommend going zero running back this year. Get a running back early. ESPN has some similar value. And look, we just don't know if Dobbins will be getting the valuable looks in Baltimore's offense. The main rushing threat will always be Lamar Jackson. And teams with prominent mobile quarterbacks typically don't have viable fantasy running backs. Last year, six quarterbacks had 70 or more rushing attempts. Only one of them, Kyler Murray, had a viable fantasy running back, and that was James Conner, who is probably due for some regression this year. Last year, only three quarterbacks had more than 100 rushing attempts too. And that was Jalen Hurts, Jackson, and Josh Allen. Not the best running backs there, huh? Yeah, not really, no. And now that's just one year. So I went back and found in the last four years, a quarterback had 100 carries or more 11 times. In no instance were their running backs a viable weekly running back. Or basically, the stats showed an inconsistent or just a bad season-long performance. Now, of course, Baltimore will be a run-heavy team again. We know this. But who's the main running back? Hmm. Will it be Dobbins? He could be a main running back. But will he be the main running back? I don't think there will be the main running back. Gus Edwards went healthy in a few weeks, maybe sooner, will be a factor. Dobbins barely averaged one more touch per game than Edwards in 2020. There's a great chance Baltimore resorts to their pre-2021 run play rates. So great, more carries, right? But as long as Dobbins has been in Baltimore, there's always been another back. For as long as Baltimore has been in this relationship with Dobbins, they've constantly had their eye on someone else. It's just how it is with Dobbins and the Ravens. No Edwards? Fine, they signed Mike Davis. Heck, Baltimore even made Mark Ingram work. And that backfield historically has not seen many targets. You won't find me drafting Dobbins at his price, despite his youth and his talent. I got three more in-depth players and some more after that. But man, I keep thinking about week one and how I cannot wait to see those lines. Football is practically here. And hey, I did well enough in the preseason. Shout out to my boy Damian Pierce for hitting over just 5.9 fantasy points at prize picks. And if you want me to help set your lines or even, nah, all right, fine, 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 fine. If you want me to help set your lines or your fantasy lineups, your entire fantasy lineup, your entire lines, whatever on prize picks, all you need to do is sign up and deposit at prize picks. And guys, they're going to match your deposit. That's right. That's up to $100 all 
free. Use my promo code ZCohen. Send me proof that you did it, and I got you. I just get so many requests to set lineups and picks. So this is how I got to do it this year. So deposit, use the code, send me it, and I got you. ZCohen at Prize Picks. Man, what an app. Now on to the easy one. Before I get to the hard one, Josh Jacobs, ADP, running back 22. That's RB2 for your team. I don't like him. I need to do the Raiders, honestly. They've done everything in their power to suggest that they don't like him much coming into this season. They brought in Brandon Bolden, who is a fine pass catcher. They drafted Zamir White in the fourth round, who can kind of do everything Jacobs can. And Jacobs wasn't even drafted by this regime. The Raiders have no ties to Jacobs right now. McDaniels, their new head coach from New England, you know, the same New England that is notorious for ruining fantasy running backs. Yeah, he's the new head coach there. Sorry, like, how can you really love Josh Jacobs this year? He doesn't have the optimal skill set for an every down role. The Raiders may have drafted his replacement. And uh, what else did they do? Oh, yeah, that's right. They traded for Devontae Adams. So I'd imagine Vegas will still be keen on throwing the ball, though they did have the fourth highest pass rate last season. So it's nice. There's a little room to grow in the run game here. Maybe they decide to dish out more carries to their backs. And of course, that means to Jacob. And of course, he could be the main back. But there's sneakily too much competition for targets and goal line carries. And reports out of Raiders camp and from the preseason also suggest Jacob's really hasn't established himself as the main back. My advice, secure your two running backs earlier so you don't have to even think about taking Jacobs, especially at this price. Of all the players on this list, this is the guy who makes me the most nervous because he could easily make my take blow up in my face. He's that good. So it pains me to avoid him at his current price. It's definitely the hottest take I have on the show. It's a Monroe St. Brown. I'm sorry. It's the sun god himself. ADP wide receiver 24. You're probably starting him. Look, he was a godsend for fantasy teams last season. I do not need to remind you how good he was, but I'll do it anyway. Only Cooper Cup put up more fantasy points from weeks 13 to 18 among wide receivers. There, you happy. Cool. He's talented, and he should be the team's main slot guy this year again. But he did all that last season, that late-season production, without DeAndre Swift for four of those six games, and without TJ Hawkinson for five of the six. Josh freaking Reynolds was their wide receiver too, and he saw nearly 40 fewer targets than ASB. Not only should we expect Detroit, who threw at only the 12th highest rate, to run the ball more behind a better, healthier offensive line, but Hawkinson and Swift are back. And Detroit added DJ Shark to the outside, who is a sneaky target in the later rounds. And rookie Jamison Williams, who I love. He should return at some point near midseason. I still think St. Brown can be a good fantasy player. But as your starting wide receiver, heck, even your flex seems too risky to me. I just like the upside in the situation better for other players in that range, like my guy Cortland Sutton. Got Marquise Brown and even Allen Robinson, too. The final in-depth player to avoid for fantasy drafts right now, it's a Miami Dolphin. Some people on Twitter guessed it would be Jalen Waddell or even Tyreek Hill, but it's not. It's Mike Gesicki. 
And this should come as no surprise if you're a Dolphins fan, you've been following the reports coming out of the Dolphins offseason programs and training camp and preseason and all of that because it's not looking good. Gasicki is typically the tight end 12 off the boards. So he's a bit lower than, well, he's a lot lower actually than every other player I've talked about on this list. When looking at the other tight ends in the range of Gasicki, I just like the upside a lot more of the other guys being drafted around him. Heck, if you need a tight end still, you're better off waiting even longer for someone like Dawson Knox or David Njoku, the latter of which I actually like a lot. More on that in another episode. How's that for another plug? But let's talk more about Kosicki because the target competition, whew, it's going to be tough for him. They added some guy named Tyreek Hill to this offense that already has Jalen Waddle. They're bringing in Cedric Wilson. They really like the rookie Eric Azukanma out of Texas Tech. He's got a bigger body. He could be a red zone threat. As of this recording, Preston Williams is still with the team. Maybe he has a go around. I don't even know. I'm willing to bet by the time you listen to this, he's no longer on the team. But either way, you get my point. There's a lot of targets here. And this isn't a Dolphins team that should be or necessarily will be one of the top passing teams in football. They should still be pretty balanced based on all the moves they made. And of course, their new head coach who they brought in, Mike McDaniel, a.k.a. the press conference god. Look last season at what McDaniel did with the Niners in his lone season as the offensive coordinator. They were sixth in runs per game. They were seventh in rush yards per game. No team ran the ball more in the first half than the Niners. And the Niners ran the ball in the second half while trailing. So they were trailing in the second half, and they would still run the ball at the eighth highest rate. What does that all mean? It means McDaniel's likely coming to Miami to, one, make two a better. Cool, obviously. And two, still have a foundation enveloped into that run game. So this isn't going to be a team that can really sustain three really good pass-catching options, especially with all these reports that Gasecki just has kind of not been good at all this offseason. He was always a big slot receiver more than a traditional tight end. So no wonder that his name was floated on the trade block, right? You typically don't find reliable tight ends who are the third best passing option, let alone on a team with an unproven quarterback and a run game that won't go away. So yeah, if you find yourself thinking about Kasiki, don't. Don't do it. Before I name a handful of other players real quick who you should avoid or at least consider avoiding, remember, I'm not the holy Bible of fantasy. I'm just giving my own opinion based on the probabilities and the likelihood of certain things happening. I'm a very neutral person when it comes to fantasy. Rarely you will see me turn blind to one area and say, nope, this guy sucks. Nope, this guy's great. But you got to remember prize picks. You have to. You have to. I'll help set your lines or lineups and even do some shows and more content about it if you sign up and deposit using my code ZCohen. You know me. I love audience engagement. You got questions? Good chance it's coming on the show. I got a mailbag episode coming this week. Make sure to contact me on social media at ZachCohenFB. Hit me up however, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, whatever. to get some questions into the show. But you gotta, you gotta sign up and deposit using my code ZCohen on prize picks. No strings attached. Wouldn't mean a lot. Second, real quick. Look, I don't know what the future of this show is. Believe has been awesome giving me and my partner Cole Topham this platform. And you may be wondering why I waited so late or where Cole even is. Cole's been really busy. He will be worked in to some episodes. He's still here. 
I just needed to talk fantasy and I needed to share it with you because I keep getting asked the same questions and more so importantly, it is fun. I love helping people. I have lots of thoughts. I have notes on notes on notes of data and information. I've been waiting a long time, basically all summer to get this content out. Won't get into it too much. Was hoping for some opportunities that haven't come yet. Maybe it'll it'll happen. Maybe things will change. Maybe something new will come. But either way, how will that affect you? Right now, you can expect lots more content, more episodes, quicker, easier to digest episodes. And hopefully, maybe some new things on the horizon. So again, make sure you follow because the content's only just beginning, yada, yada, yada. Football, kickoff, September 8th, Bucks, Bills, some other players I don't like at the ADP. How's that for a segue into the final portion of the show? Real quick, I don't love Darren Waller or Devontae Smith. I think Waller is a lot more target competition in Vegas. Devontae Smith, same thing for a team that the math doesn't really work out. Like that should still be a very run-focused team in Philadelphia. I like Smith, but with Goddard there and Hurts taking off, They swear they want to have a run game. Oh, they got A.J. Brown. I don't love Smith. Not a big fan of Devin Singletary, especially at that price. Chase Claypool should be more of a run-focused team. George Pickens, Calvin Austin, they're all there. Deontay Johnson should still be the main guy in that passing offense. Robbie Anderson in Carolina. I just never thought he's been that good. McCaffrey's back and healthy. Kenny Galladay, man, maybe you've seen those preseason clips, but it does not look like he is trying, that's for sure. Noah Font in Seattle, eh, what's he really done in Denver? Like, again, should be a run-focused team in Seattle. They already have a lock in Metcalf. I did have Antonio Gibson. I will say that right now. I do think he should still be considered where he is being drafted. Again, will probably not get the full workload you would love. Again, the Brian Robinson thing does change things. Obviously hoping for a speedy recovery for him. For now, I took Gibson off. Originally, I had him on. And of course, stop drafting kickers and defenses before the final two rounds. Stream them. Pick up a new kicker or defense every week. Because if you reach for the Bills defense, and then, oh, they're playing the Chiefs week two, you know you can't start the Bills defense. And what, are you going to waste another bench spot on another defense? Come on. Stop drafting them early. Stream them. And hey, follow me at Zach Cohen FB on all platforms. Hit me up. I'm here. I'm accessible. And download prize picks. It rocks. Use my promo code ZCohen. Until next time, I'm Zach Cohen. This has been the Breakout Football Podcast Season 2 on the Bleeds Network. Stay tuned for new episodes, new types of content all week long. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.